Okay, we're alive, and we're not talking about limbs anymore. Actually, all right. This is uh, Defending Our Worldview, Lesson 1. Today we'll be talking about feminism, and if we have time, patriarchy. And I, I hope uh, that we can kind of blend those together. So, to start us off, I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to give you kind of the, the layout of, of how we're going to do these classes, since this is our first one. So if I mess this up, just jump in. So first we're going to do a summary together of the worldview with which this topic is concerned. What, what's our worldview perspective? So we're all in the same sheet of music. Does everybody understand what I mean by that? Yes, all right. Second, we're going to do Spartans in the fray. So, Schmedley here at the end of the table is going to take one side of the argument, and uh, Pohannes over here is going to take the other side. And then we may flip for two other guys, and we'll just go at it. So I want to make sure we're clear. We are not debating. We are discussing. Because our, our goal in this class and I believe our goal in all of these should not be to change a mind, but to give a different perspective. That's all, right? And I tried to share this last week. If somebody comes to me and says, guns are scary, I don't think anybody should have a gun, I think we should remove guns so people are safer. To me, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You wanna make me safer by removing my ability to, to defend myself? That's just foolish. But that's not what this person needs to hear. What they need to hear is something along the lines of, did you know that more people die from fists, feet, and baseball bats than firearms every year? Did you know that more children die in swimming pools than through any other means, including car accidents, and firearms every year. I don't, I don't need to continue. I just wanted to give them that statistic. I'm going to walk away. Let them mull that over. That's all I want to do. I want to give a different perspective. In this case, I want to give a perspective from our worldview. Okay? So we'll go uh, Spartans in the fray. Um, just a couple minutes, see how you do, you know, what you come up with. Then we're going to step back and we're going to go to the scripture. And we're going to actually review specific points that may help in this process. And then finally, we'll come up with a snapshot, a memorable, memorable quote, a list, or an idea. So a summary, Spartans, the scripture, a snapshot. Nice and easy. Does that sound good? Mm -hmm. yeah. Nobody's... Except you. Nobody is on edge wondering what they're going to say. So you're going to be one of the first ones in the fray. So just start thinking about it now. Don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. All right? So we're talking about feminism first. Probably the top shelf is equality, pay, status, and so forth. And then we'll talk about patriarchy where men seem to be the flavor of the month in the Bible rather than women. So I put them together because they, they flow that way. So you know, feminists are normally railing against the patriarchal society. Exactly. Exactly right. So um, floors open, a summary of, summary of our worldview on this topic. What do we think about women? What do we think about patriarchal society of faith. What? Something, something short. What do you should, we de, should we define terms? Sure. First? Sure. Please continue. <laughs> no, that was the question. Yeah. What, when we say feminism, what exactly do we mean? Good. Um, from my perspective, a person, male or female, that is trying to um, 
or is railing against the fact that I would say women seem to be second class in the Bible and to patriarchal people uh, that uh, they are refused equal pay for equal work that uh, they have a uh, uh, a second class status because the patriarchal nature of the Bible is always male central. Senora. Wouldn't that be a feminist? Because feminism would be a belief or sure. Not? But if I would say a feminist has feminism beliefs. Feminism. So. No. The advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. There you go. So again, now that we define, mm -hmm. what's, what is our worldview? If our worldview is based biblically, what do we believe on this topic? I think there's a fundamental problem when we talk about defining terms, and that is the key word that you use multiple times and I use as well, and that's the word equality. And I think that's really the difference between our worldview and that of the feminist. It's not that we, that, that we see women as less value or as women as having less rights, or loved by God less, or less important. Okay. Rather, it's the issue of the fact that we see men and women have different roles. Therefore, men have roles that do include leadership. Women have a different role. That doesn't make it less, that makes it different. Feminism, traditionally, in their efforts to pursue equality, has tried to make women men. They want women to be able to do the same things as men, to have the same right, not the same rights, but to be able to have the same activities, have the same freedoms, have the same responsibilities, have the same roles, whatever it may be. In fact, even so far as, in some cases, you know, like abortion is a more extreme example of that. Let's skip abortion for now. Well, I'm just simply saying that it's an effort to try to make women more like men. Which is kind of a weird way of saying women are important if they just have to be men. But so, would you, would you argue that uh, from our worldview, that any of those things are a problem outside of a family-centric perspective. Well, I do think that um, there are definitely roles, biblically speaking, that don't seem to be open to women, priesthood being one of them. Okay. Um, there seems to be, biblically speaking, given the fact that family is very important in our faith, and understanding that women need to be under authority even in any kind of roles they may have in the body of Messiah. So, again, outside of a family-centric, and I'll go ahead and throw in faith-centric model, oh. since these people aren't talking about faith, do you have any problem with equality for women from your biblical worldview outside of those two spheres. In the generic? No. Thank you. Anybody else? Um, to the extent that uh, a woman's desire to be equal takes her outside of the proper role of the home. Mm. Then I would say, so your biblical, in your biblical worldview, am I getting this correct? That a woman cannot work outside the home. No. No, that, that is not your view, or no, that she shouldn't. Ask your question again. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you led with it. Are you saying? Yes. Are you saying that a woman cannot work outside the home no. in your worldview? No. Okay. Good. Anything else on the world? I still think you didn't ask that question. Can a woman work outside the home? Yes. Okay. Anything else? Worldview? I think earlier you, you tried to you tried to limit to family. I'm sorry to be dominate here, but you tried to limit to exclude the family stuff. I think oh, yeah. it's it very difficult because to what Mr. Martin said, I would agree with. We don't have a problem with working outside the home, but she has family responsibilities as well. Okay. So basically, we're talking about feminism. Feminism normally is not talking about responsibilities within the home. Mm -hmm. Feminism in our world today is talking about being in the marketplace, having equal pay, 
have equal status. Yeah. But that and necessarily takes the woman outside the home. Outside I don't have any problem with that right now because we're talking about people that are already outside the home and are railing against patriarchy okay. and, and so forth. So I'm not, I'm, you know, we're never going to move forward unless we can narrow this down and answer their issues where they are now. That doesn't mean our worldview doesn't expand beyond that. It certainly does, but that's a different place. Let's go. Um, You're gonna have to speak so, up, I can barely hear you. So, I feel that in the workplace, all right, so in the workplace, if we take a man and a woman and they're vying for the same role, yes, or even just in the workplace period, right? Um, the problem with worldly feminism that I see is, like you mentioned earlier, is by trying to make women like men. They're discarding the value of the difference of women. Agreed. Um, meaning that we're very logical, right? And sometimes to a fault. Yes. Um, which is why in scripture, the most I said, it is not good that Adam is alone. <laughs> right? It's, this is not good. And he didn't create another man. And I'm not even talking about sexuality. Sure. Right? He didn't create another man to help Adam him. Steve. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't say, "Oh, he needs another strong guy to help him." Right? Yeah. No, he created a woman. Right? Mm -hmm. And within um, companion, comparable to him, um, what do we think when someone comes to help us with something that we're doing? Man, you saved me. It's like you saved me from loneliness. Right? And, and every feminist listening to this now is saying, "I don't need your help." Yeah. I can get on on my own. Yeah, but we... So I hear where your yeah. worldview is, and, yeah. I, and I appreciate it. What else we got? Anything? We good? Anything? I heard from the younger men in the room. I know. They're, they're quiet right now. I'm hoping it's because their interaction with women and feminism is decidedly stark. What do you got? So what I've learned from this so far and what I've come to a conclusion so far what I've learned is that apparently women wanted to have the same rights as men as too far as so far that they're trying to become like men is that they're not exactly the most satisfied as how God created them and how they fit into the social status of their gender. Would that, would that be um, fairly a good we're working man this is going to be hard it is um, because I mean we're basing our argument our world I mean, the way we are discussing it right now is based upon the fact that the people who are arguing for feminism are based on uh, are basing their ideas upon the fact that they have no place in social status or that there is no set place for them in social status and that they should have an equal place in social status um, I would I would modify that to say that I believe they believe, they are of the mind that they have to work harder for equal for an equal status and yeah. equal pay and so forth than a man because it's quote a, a man's man world respect. right yeah um, just I I don't want to I don't want to minimize what you said um, you probably nailed our perspective well, um, but I'm, I'm concerned that folks listening to this 20 years from now are, are going to think that you're an amazingly misogynistic, um, patriarchal um, focused guy that really doesn't want women to succeed. And I know that's not where you're coming from, but it's certainly where they're going to think you're coming from. So um, hold that thought because I can't disagree with what you said. So, I think we're I think we're good on on where we're all coming from. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I was going to throw out here. I'm a little confused. What exactly the disagreement would be with the, the non-family based practical outlays of this? I mean, I don't think any of the if a man and woman are both vying for the same 
you know, job at the factory, I don't know that we're necessarily saying we have a preference one or the other I'm in that situation. I'm certainly hoping that you don't have a preference. No. Right. And I think I asked you that on Sunday. Yeah. Do you have a problem if a male and a female are vying for the same job with absolutely equal Skills, skills ability, and right. abilities. Would I pick somebody just because Would you a pick man? the man no. over the woman because he's a man? Absolutely not. No? No. 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 Good. Then our worldview is set. Yeah. We don't have any problem with women working outside the home yeah. if that's their choice. And we don't have any problem with a woman being paid exactly the same amount as a man for the same job. Or you can be promoted over a man. Exactly. If she's doing a better job. Exactly. Yeah. Are we all? Are we all? Are we all good? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, I just want to say, and I thank you for that. I just. Yeah. If we don't have a problem with those, then what do? Then what do we have? <laughs> I think we'll get to that in a minute. Good though. That's very good, and I want you to hold that thought because that's that's exactly where we need to go, right? So, I would surmise at this point. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm grateful for what you guys said, and I agree with what you said. I suspect that most feminists believe that what you just said is not true. That you don't really believe that. Or that the majority of men on the planet don't believe that. Yeah. So we're going to throw ourselves out of the pool of all the other men and put ourselves in a pool of Torah keepers. Men who are Torah keepers. Other men may say other things. They may act a different way. We're going to put ourselves in this little subset so that all the feminists listening to us understand and realize that our perspective should be in line with theirs. Can you agree with that? You with me? Yes. All right. I, I think we've summarized our worldview sufficiently. So, so Joshua, I want I want you to I want you to just have a discussion with me. Okay. Sorry. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the feminist, and you just have a dialogue with me. Because remember, we're not talking about debating. Mm -hmm. um, although I may need to get louder because I'm going to be frenetic, right? Because you're going to frustrate me because you're so accommodating. Um, so Spartans in the fray. All you men are alike. You don't want us to get ahead. Why do you say that? Excellent. I say that because Women are treated like dirt. Women don't get the same opportunities that you men get. What opportunities are you referring to? Nice, or to which you're referring. Yes, I mean, don't dangle the participle from your dad. <laughs> um, women should get equal pay for equal work. And do you feel that you're not getting equal pay for the work you're getting? Absolutely. And we can see that even with the, with the uh, U.S. female soccer team. Actu you're, you're part of the problem. Actually, the women's soccer team was paid higher than the men's, even though they lost more. I don't believe that. What about in the marketplace? Define the marketplace. It's good. I think he, he did well because he didn't fall into the trap of getting argumentative and sold a lot of rope as I hung myself. The, the actual truth is that while well, it's not recognized or ever spoken about in dialogue, it's against federal law and has been for many years for a woman to be paid less than a man for the same work. It's federal law. And one of the factors, this is not debate, just to throw this in here, one of the key issues that I think is a real big problem with the numbers that are run, because the numbers are usually run raw with no explanation and no additional data. Men get paid 89 cents in the dollar and women get paid 76, you know? Yeah. The reason, I think, a key factor has to do with pregnancy and childbearing. 
if a woman has a baby and has any kind of set leave status with her job, she may be out of work for six months, a year, two years. Inherently, that's going to make a career more complicated. That's not to say that that necessarily is going to result in her less pay, but it may make it more difficult, especially historically, for her to get equal pay. Nowadays, men have been granted more paternity leave, other types of things. Men are now taking leave as well. So that does begin to equalize that to some degree. The other factor that's oftentimes lost in all of this is history. You will see articles about how well, the top 10 banks, only one of them has a female CEO. What's lost in that is that of the top 10 banks, nine of the CEOs are probably all 60 or older, or at least upper 50s. Because to become a CEO, you have to have a very long career that started many, many, many years ago. This means that if women and men are treated perfectly equally in 2019, that does not mean that those same women who are higher senior level were treated perfectly equal in 1975. If they were fighting against inequality that maybe wasn't as well addressed by law or by corporate policy, they're going to be inherently behind their men counterparts. Let's talk again in 20 years and let's see how it's balanced sure. out. Sure. I also think that uh, I would be upset if I apply for a job and Puerto Rican applies for the job and they give the job, we have I have more skills, more experience than the Puerto Rican. And they give the job to the Puerto Rican. Same thing with the black guy. Mm -hmm. They give the job to the black guy. Why? Because they want a diversity. Yeah. I have a problem with that. That means we're not hiring the best candidate. We're hiring the candidate that will make us look good. Same thing with women. Now, if the woman that is applying at the same time as me has more skills, more time and grade, et cetera, et cetera, and they choose me, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. If me and a black guy are, are going against the job and he's got more abilities and more skill and more time and grade than me, and they hire me, that's a problem. Okay, then I have a quick question for you to aim for us, maybe to address in their class. Okay. If that were to ever become a case uh, problem in our workplace, would it be morally wrong for us to accept the position? It's, it's rare, just in mm -hmm. reality-wise, it's rare for you as an employee to know that... Yeah, that's why they made that decision. Because yeah. you don't you, even... You so would, most of the time, you don't even know... You have no idea who else, who's applying. who else is applying. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but if I, if I got hired in, in a position like that and found out later that that was the case, I would want the company to do something. It might also make you question whether I'm going to work for them. Exactly. Right. Right. You, wait, you chose me over the black guy, over the woman, over the Puerto Rican? You know, that kind of thing. To me, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. I, I can't abide by that. You know? um, good. So I'd like to look through a little scripture right now, if we could. Okay. Um, wait, you mean the Bible talks about this? Yeah, you know, we're going to try and talk about this a little bit here. Um, so just for sake of time, and I'm not trying to, you know, be overbearing here. But just for sake of time, I'd like to bring us to a couple of scriptures that you might want to consider with regard to our discussion. And then if you've got something that I missed, I know Nehemiah has one for sure, um, perhaps more than one. Um, I'd like to look at that. Um, the first thing I'd like to look at is Genesis 2.18. Genesis 2.18. Anybody got that in, in some kind of normal version? I don't, I don't need some kind of weird Latin Vulgate or Anybody's got Genesis 2.18. Oh, yes? Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Suitable for him. So the literal translation of that verse, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is his equal. That's the literal translation from the Hebrew. I think if I were in some type of feminist dialogue, 
especially if the uh, if the person I was talking to was kind of dinging on me because I'm a Bible believer, Torah keeper, whatever. Uh -huh. This might be a a good thing to to kind of bolster. You know, I I believe that we are absolutely 100% equal, especially in the marketplace, because this is where creation came into play. I got you, then I got you. It goes back again. Why doesn't? Why are the translators not translating it more true to what it is? Mm -hmm. it, well, there, it's the there may or be there may the, be a the, patriarchal the, problem there. The group of 50 men yeah. who who met to help with the translation <laughs> and, and to decide what these words are going to be translated into might, might have had a problem. Here. Might have had a problem here, and then it infects the entire yeah. church. Sure. And the legitimacy of the translation. Yeah. Right. And here we are, if, yeah. and people are arguing from the English. From the English, right. And it, where, where, else is it, where else is there a yeah. problem like where, this yeah, where'd you mess I this can't up? see? Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, was, I was reading, while I was doing the research for this, I was reading this article um, written by a woman, um, a Christian, who acknowledge the fact that the argument for equal rights actually stems from the Bible itself. Really? And that feminism basically just took the argument and said, this is ours. Even though 2,000 years ago, this was already a thing. Yeah. And 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago, yeah. all in there, women were property. But we fixed that. Go ahead. Um, the Hebrew in that particular passage mm -hmm. uh, is connecto, um, uh, which literally um, neged is the idea of opposite, or in, in fact, in modern Hebrew, it's used as, as versus, like John versus Smith, you know, that kind of thing, right? So a uh, boxing match kind of idea, right? So neged is opposite. Um, so the, the Hebrew idea behind there is they will make him a helper that is opposite to him. Yeah. So equal can be one way to translate that. It could also be another uh, one that they sometimes use will say is that um, if Judaism teaches that if he is a worthy man, she will be a helper. If he is a bad man, she will be an opponent. Yeah. The point is that um, there is not, uh, suitable is a really bad translation, yeah. let's just put it that the, way. The, the up and down is, is just not even implied here. No. It's it's a perfect mirror representation kind of thing that would be the best in all cases. And to and to uh, Joshua's comment earlier, he, he was quoting from a um, a blog post or something, and I, I thought it was interesting. I, I read an interesting article from a woman named Wendy Alsop. She's a like a somewhat conservative Christian, but kind of believes in feminism, and she had an interesting comment about this idea that I mean she threw out immediately like it says God created man and woman in His image. And it's like this idea that, again, what Joshua said, the Bible, at the very beginning, literally, the very, very beginning, says that man and women have a equal value That's before right. God. That's exactly mm -hmm. right. And Judaism has promoted that from the beginning. Whereas mm, some other religions have not. And um, still don't. And still don't. Mm, looking at you, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so... I would argue that gender equality is affirmed in the Torah, and I have five points to raise. The first is that if you read the creation story, it develops progressively. Right? So we've got on, on day five, mm. we've done the fish. Wow. Uh, then we've got the land animals. Then we've got mankind on the sixth day, etc. What's the last thing he created? Woman. Woman. Yeah, wow. most people would say, well, man, well, That's he created man, you're right. And then after he was done creating man, one could argue the culmination, his crowning, his crowning achievement in creation was woman. I think if we're in the same kind of dialogue that Joshua and I were just in, that adds great value and worth and gives us a perspective that perhaps others aren't giving right mm -hmm. so that's uh, that one's uh, number one number two um, if you'll recall Abraham was promised a son right yes. 
And uh, when that happened, I, I recall there were three people, individuals there at the Oaks of Mountain. And uh, what did Sarah do when she heard that? She laughed. She laughed. It's exactly right. Uh, so they both heard the promise at the same time. It's interesting that a year later, the scripture says, the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Not, even though the promise was given to both parents, hmm. even though they both promised progeny, he did for Sarah. Interesting. Number three, the fifth commandment, fifth commandment demands that children honor both parents, not just their father. Mm -hmm. Number four, depictions of women as being heroic are made more frequently than the men in their lives. Isaac was a great guy. He's a patriarch. He's a father of the faith. But it's Rebecca who's lifted up for doing and making the covenant come to pass and making all this magic happen. Not, well, not magic. Hang on one second. Let me finish these women. Uh, Jochebed. Do, do we, I mean, do we even know anything what about Amram? No. No. Okay, nothing. Get right? right. And in the Talmud, he books. Has to come back. His daughter brings him up. Miriam. Right? What was Aaron doing? Miriam's the one who's standing by the water, guiding the little basket. You know, and, oh, well, we can find a witness for him. It doesn't right? even really mention Aaron during that exactly. time. Exactly. Exactly. He's the older brother. Yeah. And then you got Pharaoh's daughter. She's, she's a player. She saved the Jewish people by being just heroic to this, uh, yeah. to this, to this boy. Yes. So you mentioned that both male and female both male and female are equal in God's eyes. Galatians 3.23 Galatians 3.23 says sorry 28 says there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither slave nor free there is neither male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. That's right. In the body of Messiah it doesn't matter whether you're male or female where you came from what your history is it's great when we've got to write that one down it's an extra one final one on my list is that women are lifted up. I got you. Um, Rebecca again in Genesis 27. Naomi and Ruth. I mean, they're, they're like players here, right? That's in Ruth chapter 3. And what about Tamar in Genesis 38? She is lifted up as being more righteous than the guy who's almost let her be killed. So gender equality? Come on. It's in the Bible, and it's laid out. I got you, then you. Go. Well, in Speak up, I can barely hear you. In Galatians, that, some people could take that statement and then throw it back against another uh, biblical belief and say that with that, if there is neither male nor female, a male could choose to be a female and a female could choose to be a male. Nice. Okay, so we're talking about uh, gender dysphoria or... Uh, Things of that nature. Different class. Write that one down. Bring it up later. Yes, sir. I think you. I mean, you didn't even mention Deborah, Esther. She's a judge. She's a queen. We didn't. We didn't talk about Mary, the mother, or um, or the other Mary, Mary and Martha, who's also something of a hero. Yeah. We didn't even begin to discuss um, Priscilla, or uh, always oh. mentioned before her husband. Right. Yeah. I mean. And, and, and notice that when they talk to, um, was it Alexander? Is that the guy that they, they, uh, they disciple? No. Uh, what's it's his name? Uh, Apollos. Thank you, Apollos. Sure. Um, yeah, a Greek name. I'm trying to read it. Thank you. Uh, Apollos, um, it specifically mentions both of them in teaching and training him and discipling him and so forth. So, yeah. and kind of setting him straight. It's not just the husband. That's right. Um, in fact, it's kind of funny because, of course, we don't have these names as often today. That as a child growing up, it was hard to remember which one was the wife, which one was the husband. Exactly. Especially because Priscilla is always named first. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Aquila, is that the girl? I mean, it's normally, this is John and his wife, Sally. No, not here. 
And then, of yeah, course, is absolutely always fresh. Of course, you got the Eshikayo, which is literally, I mean, yeah, you the, stole it from me and my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that one. I'll let him talk about it. Yeah. The last thing I was going to mention is that um, in that article I mentioned earlier, Wendy also has a really good point, too, about the fact that, the, biblically speaking, the, 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 dis, the disturbing things that men can do to women are clearly wrong. Absolutely. And that the times that those occur in the Bible are described as wrong. Yeah. The incident involving Dina is kind of confusing and complicated, and there are a lot of, like, um, and I think that's really more of a moral question of what to do when that happens, necessarily, than whether it was right or wrong, because I think it's pretty obvious from the text. It was disgusting. Well, not only that, but the response was pretty amazing. So Because the, it was so bad. And so the point being that... Um, that the irony that you sent around to, to your sons-in-law oh, that video from uh, Ben Shapiro and that was one of his biggest points to say that feminism doesn't want men to quote-unquote protect them but men protecting women including protecting women from themselves is a really good thing for women yeah but a different point for right now yeah and Shikai wow. yeah definitely the Ashikai but um, just kind of Feeding into the Aisha Kyle before yes, we get yes. there. Proverbs 31, uh, yep, 10 Proverbs 31, 31, 10 to 31. We see that the man is honored and respected because of his wife. Yeah, I mean, it's only like one line about the yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He he mentioned, yeah, it's because yeah. of his wife, he sits with the elders. But then when you go to Proverbs 18 and 22, right? He who finds a wife finds a good thing and has obtained favor from Adonai. Proverbs 19 and 14, a prudent wife is a gift from Adonai. So, you know, a man, has to, he has to prove himself worthy of a good, a good woman. honorable, virtuous woman. Good for you. And, exactly right. I mean, I want to veer off topic with backing up what Joshua just said. Um, we only protect things that are valuable to us. That's right. You know, you 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 want to protect your home. You want to protect just a a woman wants to protect her children, right? Because her children are valuable to her. A man wants to protect his wife because she is valuable to him. That is great. I love it. Micah has hand raised. I was just thinking. Okay. I'm thinking about the protection. It's kind of like vows. Now, a uh, husband is allowed to prevent his wife from taking a vow that right. could cause In order harm to protect her. Sure, that's exactly right. And that's how I saw it as a dad, mm-hmm. you know, if my daughters were to, to make a vow before they got married. Absolutely. That's a good point. In fact, that same passage is interesting. It doesn't end with, and the uh, father or husband can erase what she wants to do. Instead, he, he it bears, says he, he bears, bears her sin. In other words, it's like the consequences on him. Consequences of her not doing it fall on him. But so he's essentially standing in the gap. He's he's taking the bullet for her, so to speak, in that in that arrangement. So I think that's um, that's another important factor. And again, going back to talk about earlier roles, if the man is put under pressure as a leader, which by the way is not an easy job, and he then needs a woman who is going to be free and able to follow that lead. So his ability to nullify her vows is not because women don't have the same right to have their own spiritual life as men, but more that the man in his role, he needs a woman who has some degree of freedom to be able to follow his lead. If she takes a vow on herself to do something that he, that not do something that he really wants the family to do, that's going to immediately undercut his authority completely. And you see that even um, even in, in modern you know situations where they uh, you've got uh, cases where people um, you know like back in the day with the military so you had you had conscripted service people were forced to serve in the military well not me because I have you know I, I my religion refuses to let me shoot you know I have uh, whatever it might be that I kind of I have a, um, conscious, a, a conscious objection thank you so that undercuts authority so I think is a very good reason for this and and if anyone starts to say well you know leadership is is a privilege I think they have misunderstood leadership. There's a reason why CEOs 
get paid as much as they do, and that's if they're good, and that's because they have all of the pressure on them. If they fail, if the company fails, it's on them. Presidents age three times everybody else because they are the most powerful band on the planet. That's mm. right. That's exactly right. Okay, so I'd like to I'd like to move just a little bit into uh, patriarchy for a second, just to, as it applies to the to the point of the feminism stuff. Um, first, I've I've heard the, the a feminist argument that um, we, we just need to toss the Bible because God is referred to as he. Why can't it be she? You know, it's, it's just so skewed to the male side. Um, so I'd, I'd like to give just a couple of responses to that um, because it is a feminist argument. Um, first of all, we refer to God as he because that's how the Torah refers to God. Um, the Torah, you might want to write this down. The Torah was the first religious work in history, in the entire world, to completely desexualize God and religion. Every everything you've got prior to that, you've got some kind of well, how was the world created? Well, this God had sex with this God, and whoop, we get the planet. Or this God had sex with this guy or with this woman, and this is, we've got the queen of heaven, the whole rebirth of the world and so forth. So the Torah is the first thing to desexualize God and religion. Mm. It's pretty interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's all from Dennis Prager. Amazing. Using he or she, both of them, right? And he or she said, thou shalt not give. All right. So using he or she would be dishonest to the text and incline people to think of God in gender terms. <laughs> and the Torah doesn't want him to be thought of in gender terms. Deuteronomy 4 makes it very clear. There's no image. Exactly. So stop trying to put something there. Second, she. She always refers to a female. But he, or man, frequently refers to both sexes. In Hebrew language, yeah. Yeah, even in English. Mm -hmm. The rights of man, in English, refers to human rights. Mm -hmm. Mankind includes women. And we can go on and on. Yeah, I've heard that there are even arguments right now from feminists that they want to take it and add of course. Hue. Yeah. To, yeah. to make it humankind. Yes. Mankind. So third, if we, so we talked about he or she, and we talked about just she, so why don't we just go with it? Because <laughs> God is a living thing. You cannot call him an it, and it is a dead, inanimate. inanimate. Using it would render the God of the Torah as something else entirely akin to Aristotle's unmoved mover. There, who is the unmoved mover? Is it a, is it male? Is it female? No, the thing. One does not pray to, love, or otherwise relate, as, as Micah just said, to an it. That won't work. Rendering God as he, this is worthy of writing down. This is amazing. I never heard this before. Rendering God as he has taught generations of males that to be compassionate and loving is part of being masculine. Mm. That'll mm. preach. Mm -hmm. That'll preach. Also, going back to what I think was earlier at the very beginning, God created male and female in his own image. Yes. And this is actually further borne out by the fact, not to get uncomfortable, but there are multiple references in the Bible that actually assign feminine attributes to God. Yeah. For example, the name El Shaddai, according to uh, those who know more about Hebrew than me, Shaddai comes from the idea of rest, and it has yeah. to do with being a nurturing right. God. Right. Right. Ruach, the, the spirit, including the spirit of God, is a feminine word. So any references to it... Use, do use feminine pronouns. Right. Oh. So the idea is yeah. that like, while, while he may be a primary use for God, 
Um, and perhaps maybe in the roles we described earlier, perhaps more appropriately fit with God, we know God's not a man. That's right. So the idea that somehow it's supposed to be male versus female, like he looks like more like you than he looks like her, is just silly. It is. Mm -hmm. And the scripture actually says, God is not a man, mm. that he should lie. And mm. changes him. Mm -hmm. And even, that, even which, when you look at it like that, it's, that's pretty much degrading man, saying that a man exactly. is a liar. Another right. feminist yeah. argument, which is great. It yes, nullifies it. It's just wondering, if we're going to talk about man, both male and female made in God's image, then what exactly is God's image? Well, it has nothing to do with gender, does it? No. no. It's his character but traits. Or looks. That's what you're talking about. It has nothing to do with his Is it, yeah. is it no. his God's image? Because we know he doesn't. Ooh, I like that. He's incorporated, right? He's, so the idea that him being described or depicted in male... Uh, forms in the English or in the Hebrew does lead us to believe that as a male I should be compassionate long-suffering and all of the attributes that he comes up with including love and I would argue at my age with my children older than you with grandchildren almost as old as you that being able to emulate my father in heaven and see how he treated his people and his children is humble. Yes, sir. Um, uh, earlier when I was mentioning that, we're very logical in our mind. And even when you look at the Which is not to age, say that women are not logical. And not, not saying that they're not logical. Or that there's we're a woman dominant, more logical We're dominant-minded. Our, our dominant logical mind, if you look at the industrial uh, world up until, uh, I would I would bear to say 20 years ago, um, it was very, oh, you got to be tough, right? And if, if you were seen as not tough, right, then you probably got passed over, even as a man. Yes, right. Right, even as a man. But now what we see, right, we see the rise of emotional intelligence in workplaces, right? And a lot of areas, like human resources, HR, where it almost is a position that is like a counselor because they take the ear, they, they, they hear what the associates have to say, they hear what the managers have to say, whether it's a man or a woman, That's right. right? And they can make a rule and that leader has to follow their rule. That's right. And, but I say that to say, nurturing, compassionate, merciful. When we see those things, we don't think of a man, you know? And when we see that all in God, that's how I see when he says, male and female, he created he them in his image. It has to do with his character. Amen. It has to do with his and character. all be able to emulate yeah. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. You or you? He him first, then me. Yes. Oh, I forgot to write down what I was thinking about. So. Oh, so along those lines, I think the other thing is, you know, we can talk about men emulating God in these attributes that might be stereotypically associated with women, possibly. But God also shows us how to do male, quote-unquote, attributes correctly right. you know mm. strength and decisiveness sure. and leadership yeah. and I, mean, I remember I remember dawning on me I guess sometime after I got married um, that uh, to realize that being a decision maker in the home is actually a compassionate thing to do absolutely because that means if something goes wrong, that's on me. That's right. I don't get to blame my wife that's because right. it didn't work out right. That's right. I don't get to point the finger at her. I don't have to put the pressure on her to make the decision. At the same time, if I wield that 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 uh, role appropriately, I'm going to listen to her. I'm going to take mm -hmm. her thoughts into account. Sure. I'm not going to steamroller. Sure. And that and that actually is even more difficult. That's right. So the idea being that. Um, 
uh, I think that these, these supposedly male attributes that we see in God should still be emphasized in men today. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should be emphasized in following, like what Nehemiah was saying, in following how God expresses them, because he does it the right way. That's exactly, mm-hmm. that's exactly All right, so this has been great. I, 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 lo- I love the discussion. Um, we did a summary of the worldview. Um, we did a little bit of Spartans in the fray. I'd like to do that again in a second here, and I'll take the, um, the underside. And then we did a scriptural review, and I think we did great, and had several things that I hadn't even thought of. Um, what I'd like to end with is a snapshot. Something that we can take away with and kind of tuck away in our minds. Something easy to memorize. Something that, maybe one or two things that you can tuck away so when you have the opportunity to influence someone, You've got some some ammunition there to work with, or with which to work. Um, I'm, I'm reminded of uh, being at the uh, grocery store recently, and uh, a woman was reaching uh, to get a product at the same time that I was, and, and I choose chose product B, and she chose product A, uh, and I I just said. Uh, you know, this one's got no hormones in it. And I turned and put it in my basket and rolled away. As I turned, I could see out of the corner of my eye that she was putting the one that she took back in. <laughs> I took the one that I took. That's what I'm talking about. That's what this class is for the next several weeks. It's not trying to bulldoze someone into believing what we believe. But give them something to think about that maybe they haven't heard that will affect their thought or their behavior. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So how would you try to give me a mnemonic or something that could help me remember what we've talked about tonight? Let's just throw out some one or two word things. Our key issue is role. But rights, opportunities, and laws are equal. Rights, opportunities, and laws equal. Okay. Good. Something that would help me remember the scripture that we went through. Maybe women are lifted up. Mm-hmm. You, you think women are being put down, mm-hmm. and you think that the Bible is supporting that. Because most fundamentalist Christians and so forth, Orthodox Jews and whatnot, are putting women down. But the Bible actually lifts women up. How so? Give me three. I'll give you one. Go. Uh, Abigail. She had a foolish husband. Unbelievable. Her, fa- her husband's name is the fool. He was a foolish <laughs> man. She saw that and independently thought on her own, this is not wise what he's doing. Let to, me go and talk to the king and save to his help him. Life. And he still, but she saved his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, nothing. Miriam, good. I've got examples of women here. Give me something beyond an example of a woman. My favorite so far is the creation story. Mm-hmm. If the creation is getting better and better and better, what's the last thing? I like that. Yeah, that is. Well, I think you also then see um, the relationship with Abraham and Sarah. Nice. She respects him. She calls him Lord. Yes. But she wields a lot of power in that home, too. She sure does. She's very influential. And God actually tells Abraham, listen listen to to what she says. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And what she said wasn't very loving to that other first son. Mm. But... God said, listen to her. When he provided a son for them both, Scripture says, or remarks about what he had done for Sarah. And the Eshetai you referenced earlier, think about the attributes we're including here. She's a strong worker. Yep. She is the type of woman who actually makes her husband look good because he doesn't look apparently that good on his own. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's uh, his, heart, his heart safely trusts her. 
he, he, she, she takes care of things on his behalf. Um, on top of that, even the name, Eshet Chayil, the word Chayil is actually in reference to a military term. Mm -hmm. She is a woman of valor. Valor. That's it. That's it. Mm -hmm. So, if I were talking to a, a woman who is saying that uh, men just, just don't give honor to women as they should, I might walk down this path. I might also ask, well, I realize that many men don't demonstrate proper masculinity, as is expressed by God our Father. But I just wonder how many women you know that are acting the way a valorous woman is described in Proverbs 31. I mean, it's tit for tat. I don't yeah. have to hit, sit here and no, get I beat a friend, up. Right? I had a friend recently I said, push uh, it back a little bit. He said, he said, any woman who says she doesn't need a man hasn't met a real man. And just, <laughs> <laughs> what you just said is, that, I mean, that's yeah. just right on the money. And yeah. I mean, that, um, you know, he gave the Torah and said that it would set the nation apart. Yeah. And so, um, as you mentioned earlier, a Torah man should be set apart mm -hmm. from other mm -hmm. men. Mm -hmm. should be set apart and the way he treats his woman the way he looks and views at a woman should not be any less than the way he views I would, a man I would, I would argue he should be set apart by how he treats all people mm -hmm. yeah all people yeah. in general I mean his children black white, white children your animals a righteous animals, man right? has regard for his beast I tell you what more than in the scripture there are more times where a man is told to act humanely towards his animals than he is to keep the Sabbath. Yeah. That's yeah. Big. That's big. Yeah. How was Rebecca chosen? But that's her, her, her. How she treated the animals. animals the camels. Mm -hmm. She offers water to the camels, boom. Which takes a while. So, there you go. Good. Anything else that, you know, we can just kind of remember? Top shelf. Oh, what comes to mind? Just the um, federal law that you see, especially. Most people don't realize that, just as along with gun laws, mm -hmm. you know. Oh, we should have a law. That's actually <laughs> against the federal law already. There are 213,000 gun laws on a topic that's not supposed to be infringed. Oops. But yes, it's exactly right. It is against federal law for a man to be paid more than a woman. They are supposed to be absolutely equal before the law with regard to pay for equal work. No question. And it's That's been that good. way for many years. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. No. Many years. To reference that law specifically. Yeah. That yeah. is great. You know? Subsection B. Yeah. Well, you know. That will be, US, I mean, seriously. U.S. Title 10, you know. Woo. Just go right through it. Anything else? All right. You're up. You got two minutes. Beat on me. I'm the feminist. You're the feminist. Men want to keep women in their place. Mm. I can understand how that probably appears. I can only agree with you that any man that's trying to keep a woman down or downtrodden or oppressed is not only violating federal law, but even the biblical mandate as God constantly lifts up on But in the Bible, men are put in charge. Men are named as the leaders. Women aren't even allowed to speak in church. Mm, yeah. It is a difficult task to go through the entire scripture, but when I look at how we began, it's so obvious that God has such a high regard for women that uh, we see that progressive creation and 
you know, most people would tell you that man was created last after the dumb beasts and so forth, but um, actually it was, it was woman uh, who was created specifically, the word says, to be his equal. And if, if you're reading in the scripture anything but that, then maybe it has to do more with roles in a family or in a society than it does with equality, because clearly God is for equal rights for both men and women. But if we're equal, why can't I have the same role? You certainly can have the same role. Uh, one would just question, again, from the scripture, since you brought it up, if you're best equipped for that. Um, I'm so sorry to see these gender dysphoric men that want to act and appear as women stealing awards and accolades and even in some cases scholarships from women who are competing the best they can and here is a role being stolen from a woman by a man and the opposite must be just as bad how did they do Great. Well, I had nothing to respond to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's close it up by saying in, in any of the, the topics that we bring up, I believe that we're not called necessarily, at least the guys in this room, uh, to be so articulate that we can put people in their place and shut them up. I don't think that's a role, quite frankly. I, I think what we should be able to do is softly and firmly articulate the biblical worldview mm. which we have mm. embraced. This or, is we're, actually a letter. We're called to give an account. That, that is Not to change minds. Exactly. It's, not it's, to beat people down. Exactly. We're called to simply give an account and let the words themselves Way on the individual. That's right. Because the words are more powerful than we can be at all. Absolutely. Our, Our eloquence is not what's called for. Courage is what's called for. Courage to articulate what we believe. And I, I, I can tell you from a personal experience with regard to the Second Amendment and, and uh, keeping bearing arms, the, the numbers. are so amazingly out of proportion. There are so many Americans that own firearms, long guns, handguns, shotguns, doesn't matter, that better than five out of 10, better than every other man, if you're talking to someone, there's better than a 50-50 chance he owns a firearm. And yet, if you listen to the liberal media, you would think hardly anybody owns any firearms and nobody really likes them. Mm. Couldn't be further from the truth. Why is that? It's not just a liberal media. They said men and women are afraid to speak up. Why does the conservative view get such short shrift most of the time? Because we're polite. Conservatives are polite. We are conservative. We are, we are so conservative to the point that, you know, you didn't ask me for my opinion, I'm not going to give it. And the point of this class is to say, if we're in dialogue, we are inadvertently being asked for an opinion. Mm -hmm. And we should give an account for where we stand. If we were to do that, it would influence men. Yes, sir. Um, uh but you said, Paul, Paul's letter to Timothy, he said, flee the evil desires of youth, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the master out of a pure heart. Do, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the master's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed, hope that God will grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth and that they will come to their senses and escape the trap of the adversary who has taken them captive to do his will. Amen. Oftentimes the basis of an argument 
is the desire to be right exactly. or to prove oneself mm -hmm. right as opposed to what we've desired to do or, or had as a goal to do uh, for a long time, which is to know the truth. Amen. Mm. And to subject exactly. ourselves to the truth as opposed to being having a desire to be right. It's a good Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's, we've been, 20 years, long times, long times we've been saying that. One yeah. of these days I'll get it right. <laughs> yeah. All right. You want to pray for us? Sure. Uh, Father, we pray that our our uh, our actions would match uh, that uh, that standard. Our words would match that standard. That we would uh, uh, desire to be uh, to know the truth and not to be right, and, and uh, to have as a goal in dealing with individuals who come across our path all the time um, a, de a desire to simply share the truth and share information and then let the truth work on the individual uh, thank you father for our time together tonight uh, we're thankful that you've given us the truth that we have to base uh, our beliefs on and we don't have to question it we also thank you father for yeshua hamashiach our risen savior we pray all these things because of our relationship with him. Amen. 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 All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for your attentiveness tonight um, to uh, Joshua's frequent uh, points. Uh, next week's topic, unless you uh, don't want to do it, is toxic masculinity. So you know the, the flow of the class now. We'll start. Um, I'm going to read these so I don't mess it up. We'll, uh, where is my, we'll start with a summary of our worldview, and then we'll do Spartans in the Fray, we'll do then a scriptural review for which you can now come prepared, uh, so you don't have to take it off the top of your head, and then we'll do a snapshot of what we should remember in order to go on. All right, so I'll see you next week.